Welcome to The Crossroads, the dynamic intersection of life and sports, with your host, Coach TJ. Get ready for an electrifying edition where we explore the fascinating crossroads of life and sports right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Start the weekend with us Fridays at 6 p.m. Today's lineup is packed with barn burners that are sure to go viral. Hold tight as we punch into the heart of the action. Are you ready to jump in? Let's make this ride unforgettable. And we're all the way live, live from the intersection of life and sports at the crossroads where life and sports intersect. Once again, folks, we're all the way live. Yo, Princess, my co-host, did you hear that <laughs> intro drop? Oh, man. Take away, I I'm like give away a million bucks this episode, folks. <laughs> Come on with that. That is yeah. fat. That is fat. We're, going, we're about to bring it, Princess. Princess, how <laughs> was your week? My week was good, you know, continuing to grow, continuing to learn. So, a good week, a productive week. Uh, that is that is awesome, folks. Once again, you're listening to the Crossroads at Life and Sports Intercept on Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio, where you have a whole lineup of great um, great hosts here at the network doing their thing early in the morning to late at night. <laughs> We're here, folks. So folks, tune in. And listen to the replay and support us as we out here doing our things and bringing you nuanced conversations in life and sports and in all other topics that can be brought up, yeah. you know, in, in, in all the host segments. Princess, it was a week of, of sports. I, it's, it's never ending. Like, a lot of times when I get ready for the show, I set the top of the week, like, what am I going to talk about? I hope something <laughs> happens in sports <laughs> in life, and, and then boom. It's right there, and, you know, once again, we're going to get it started today, you know, talking about Club Shay Shay. Um, last week, we had a, um, a killer interview with Glenn Lipman from Zort Sports, so we really did get into a lot of things last week. So I'm holding uh, two interviews from Club Shay Shay, and they kind of went with each other with um, Johnny Menzel, and then he did an interview this week with Terry Crews. And the theme uh-huh. for both of the interviews – it was mental health, and these yeah. guys were were screaming for help. And for Terry Crews, a lot of people don't know that he was an NFL journeyman, and he stated he could have been a lot more if he took it serious. Yeah. For him, getting to the NFL was the pinnacle of where he wanted to be because he wanted to use the NFL to get somewhere else. He didn't know the where and the how was going to happen. He just knew that the NFL wasn't it. And for everyone, it was like, wow, you're blowing the opportunity. You, know, you got to take advantage of, of, the, of the gift that God gives you. But the gift was something else. The gift was mm-hmm. him performing in Hollywood with all the things that he's doing now and the courage that he's had to talk about mental health. You know, with a man his size, a lot of people don't think he, a man like that can be vulnerable. But in fact, he is. And, it, and for him to go through, go through what he's going through, and many other people have gone through it, and, and stay silent for him to come out and share that, I mean, that's, that's courage. That's being a man. Because I don't know if I could have did it with all the stereotypes 
that's tied to a situation like that, where a yep. lot of men kept quiet, and then w- once the men came out, all the women came out. It was done to them too. So, you know, hats off to Terry Crews and sitting there and going through his going through, just sitting there going through an interview and being asked tough questions about his childhood, about the abuse, about being counted out, about being teased and picked on. He said Terry Crews teased and picked on. Yeah, he was hmm. teased, picked on, and bullied, and it made him t- it made him tougher. So, uh, what were your yeah. thoughts on, on those two on those two interviews? And with Johnny, with his drinking issues and partying, and no one never really checked him until it was too late. And once it's too late, it's too late. Yeah, let's let's start with Johnny Menzel. I, I was attracted to his play, and and I'm pretty sure it was the Red Raiders, Texas Tech. You know, um, he or was it Texas A&M? Um, with, with, um, don't get don't get the fans from those two schools. Don't get them mixed up, please. <laughs> <laughs> Texas A&M with my favorite coach, and I can't even think of his name yet. But he he had a swag copter. I remember that. But I, I, I was attracted to his play and the fact that um, he was allowed to you know to adjust and and, and act on instinct. Um, and and then I was actually. Uh, wanting the Cowboys to draft him, and um, they didn't. So oh, it really I'm glad goes, they didn't. Yeah, because, you know, in, in hindsight, I am now. But I really, I didn't know about the drinking, uh, and, and I guess you could assume the wild side with all the success he had um, in, in being able to, to do what he did and being, you know, playing that position. It, it comes with a lot of um, fanfare. So, to hear him now, you look back on it, and I remember his dad trying to help him, but you can only, I, I've heard this over and over from my ancestors, you can only help those who want to help themselves. And Absolutely. he had to get to his rock bottom or to his place where he said, okay, enough is enough. Um, you know, um, one more thing is that he called out um, college sports and, and different teams and said the bag was legal back then. No, the bag was the bag back then. It just the wasn't bag legal. Man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every school has mm-hmm. a every school has a bag man. Yeah. And and this and this uh, to think that Kevin Sullivan Kevin Sumlin could have kept him for extra two years for for three million dollars. He could have kept the party going with Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. But Cliff Kingsbury, if we would have got the money that he wanted at Texas A and M, he wouldn't have went to Texas Tech. And you wouldn't have been co- coaching Patrick Mahomes. So everything always ties together and works out, you know, for for the good. Um, the thing that got me when Manziel admitted that he was drinking and partying all week long and there were people that did his work in class, the only thing he had to do was just get right before the game. That sounds a lot like Allen Iverson. <laughs> like, like, wow. Like, yeah, you know how hard – I don't know about you, Francis, to come off of a hangover and to be able to do anything, it's hard. So that means the system was pretty well adjusted, you know, to the drinking and being able to function at the same time. Exactly. He was a functioning alcoholic at his best. And I, I don't know that life as an athlete, I never um, – I wasn't a drinker then anyway in high school or college. But, um, you know, he admitted a lot of stuff. And to admit that, hey, I drank right up until it was time to go. So 
somebody, some people can function like that. But I also said I've always made the immature assumption that if you could play sports at a high level like that, then you're pretty much perfect, you know, and and because I can appreciate team and sports so much, and that is a huge mistake. Um, all of these athletes are human beings too, and they have right. other parts of their lives, other facets that are not going well. Um, and, and, and that's where we were with Menzel. I, I hope that he's doing better now. Someone tried to put him on a list um, with other uh, quarterbacks, and I think it was Deshaun Watson and Lamar um, Jackson, and he said, oh, no. He said, don't put me on that list. <laughs> if you do, I'm last. And he's correct about that. His talent was never really realized at the next level, um, for sure. Terry Crews, I, I haven't been a huge follower of Terry Crews, but I'm not a movie watcher. Um, let me go ahead and admit that here live okay. on the air. I'm really not a, a, a movie watcher now. I catch glimpses of it because um, Rev here in the house, he loves a movie, and, you know, he's watched – several of them, but you can't deny seeing um, Terry Crews and how he's developed. It was really surprising to me to know that, you know, in the first movie, he was the security guard. That is correct. <laughs> he was the security guard. And then to move to that. Um, and he talked about, too, if I'm not mistaken, how Denzel taught him the, the acting um, uh, industry or how to act. Um, and his connection with Cat Williams. So, again, it all plays together. I've had to admittedly put Club Shay Shay to the side because um, I carried Cat Williams' interview with me for about two and a half weeks, <laughs> and and I, I got consumed with that. So um, I'm catching glimpses of it now, but I haven't fully watched the entire episode. But Terry Crews, I think, is an American story, and that is you come from a certain level, but eventually – God opens that door, doesn't he, and allows you to grow and improve and elevate and look at him now. Um, he's all over television, and um, congratulations to him. But but he talks about a lot of things that we don't want to talk about. Now, I don't know, and I'll leave it right here, if I would have revealed some of the things he revealed, but good to him. He has more strength and, and character and maybe confidence than I do. I don't know if I would have talked about the Harvey Weinstein. I think I got that name correct. But um, somebody has to tell their truth in order for growth. Yeah, you know, it was uh, it was actually um, his his agent, his booking agent. I I forget his name right now, but he was caught up with the whole Harvey Weinstein um, mess there in Hollywood. But the one thing, the one thing um, I would want kids to take away from it when he left the NFL and he had to go get out of that NFL bubble and go back into regular life. And he was talking about some of the jobs that he had, and he was a a janitor. So he's reduced to his little and sleeping the floor, and he said to himself, "If I got to do this, I'm going to be the best at it while I have to do it." So he would take pride in the way he appeared and the way he looked. So he was always preparing himself mentally for the next thing because he knew that wasn't his purpose, but he had to go through being a janitor, being a security guard, being an office clerk. Can you imagine Terry Crews as an office clerk? <laughs> when he said that, I thought about the, the old Terry Tate commercials, the office linebacker with Reebok back in the him running around the office checking people for doing things. That's what I picture 
with him <laughs> in, some, him in someone's office. I'm like, wow, this guy's had a lot of jobs, high jobs, to support him and his family to get here. And then he admitted, you know, the infidelity, his addiction to porn and, and different things and actually pushing his wife away, you know, going through the depression and, and everything and not realizing what he was doing. So it's like, you know, a lot of times, the, uh, once again, these men, we don't know what they're going through. We see their athletic abilities. I do remember Terry Crews briefly playing for playing his name when he was playing for the Eagles. So I, I've seen his name in, in the past. But you still hmm. don't realize these people on the field are vulnerable, you know, just like you. And I think that's yeah. good for the information to be out there via social media, via different platforms for people to come and share their story of victory because that's exactly what it is, someone getting the victory over something and being able being able to share their, their, their true live life experience. And it also gives others hope that are that are no one's less than but maybe, you know, someone that's not known, hey, if Terry Crews can do it, if Johnny Manziel can admit his truth, his full truth. Now, Johnny admitted a lot of things, and he held no punches. And I was really surprised. So as Shannon Sharp was drinking the yak, Johnny Manziel was drinking water because he's dry now. So that's, and he's trying to work himself, you know, in the sports media uh, space. So that right yeah. there is awesome for them. And, and I think, you know, their stories are inspirational stories to to the youth. And there is so much that the youth um, go through and see. So, it was, so people looked up to these two. So um, they're definitely uh, can be held up as, as an example. Uh, you know, and Princess, that takes us right into our next segment. We talk about, you know, mental health and dealing with issues. Um, Richard Sherman was just arrested for the second time um, for for DUI. And once again, you think someone like Richard Sherman, you see him on Undisputed, you see him on, see him on the Amazon NFL telecast doing his thing. You don't think that Richard in the background is going through issues that will, well, why would someone throw, throw, throw that away? Why do people, normal people do things? They're human. And, and it's a coping mechanism. You know, alcoholism is it's actually, a, it's actually a disease. And, and sometimes you just you just you just not you just not thinking about the consequences when you're trying to drown your sorrows away. Yeah, um, and I saw that, and, and it made me think. Well, isn't this old news? But you're correct. This is second time, if I'm not mistaken. And um, obviously, he's going through something. But maybe, well, I can't say that. It, it, there's too many opportunities out there now and options where you don't have to drive um, um, after you've been drinking. You know, park your car, you know, Uber it, do whatever, but there is not that option. And when you do, you just say, okay, I can make it home or I'm not that whatever. And sure right. enough, here he is with his, with his second charge with that. Um, I, don't, I don't know where he is, but I've always been a Richard Sherman um fan of, you know, going to Stanford and then, you know, coming out and doing what he did for Seattle. Um, I thought once he left here, there, his, his, his level of play took a turn for, you know, a lower level. 
Um, I thought he contributed as much as he could to San Francisco, but I, I thought the end was near. But um, to see this, I, all I can do right now is pray for him and hope that whatever it is that's that's having him do this, maybe hopefully he can come through it. Um, and maybe alcohol is not one of those things he needs to participate in. And I commend Johnny Menzel for being dry now and sitting there sipping on water while Club Shay Shay was, was sipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um he hasn't been on Undisputed um, this week. Um, I, I know Skip stands behind him. So, uh, you know, just, once again, just hope and pray that he gets the help and works out the issue, um, issues that he needs to work out in the, in the background. But once again, you know, our star athletes are, are people that are dealing with things. And a lot of times you think you know these athletes because you see them you know, nowadays you're able to interact with athletes on social media, so you feel like you're a part of them. But, you know, seeing them out in public or seeing them on social media is just, it's the, it's the facade that, that you're seeing of who they are when they could mm-hmm. be screaming and crying, you know, on the inside, dealing with, once again, the same type of issues that we've all deal with. You know, everyone has a story. But honestly, no one no one cares because everyone just wants productions and want what they want out of you. There so, you go. So a lot of times you got to bottle it up and deal with it the best way that you possibly know how. And a lot of times it may seep out, you know, in a bad way, you know. But, Prince, I just wanted to drop this real quick. Uh, I was out the other night, and there's a Buffalo Wild Wings right around the corner from my development. So you know everyone goes in there and they drink, right? No mm-hmm. one really goes. No one really good there. They go for the for the wings. They go for the drink. But right mm-hmm. up the street from Buffalo Wild Wings, there were state troopers sitting. So I'm like, well, wait yeah. a minute. All of these restaurants promote drinking, you know, bar drink specials of the whole nine yards. But you go a mile up the street, and there's a sobriety check for you. I'm like, oh, this is like <laughs> so. It's, you know, so. I'm not giving someone an out for drinking and driving, but it's very easy to get roped to get roped up. And for everyone else that's not Richard Sherman that doesn't have, you know, the bail money, the lot of you know, coming up with bail money is hard. You know, to honestly think you are going to drink and drive, you may want to leave your car, get an Uber, and then come back and get your car. You know, just to avoid you know any type of nonsense out there. Yeah, legally they have to be so many feet. When I say they, I'm talking about the police um, department now and, and those patrolmen and whether they're on a, a different um, unit or not that, that handles drunk drivers. They have to be so many feet away from the restaurant or a restaurant that serves alcohol. And once they get to that point and they are so many feet away, you'd have to say that, okay, they're looking for that drunk driver to pull out of there and to see or any driver to pull out of those restaurants and to see if they um, display, you know, some of those um, those tendencies, and that is swerving and unable to, to drive in a straight line. I remember, and this is way off kilter here maybe, um, you know, after a business uh, meeting or two days of coming back on a flight at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm driving home, and I'm sleepy. And I start swerving, swerving so much that the police pull me over, and um, asked me to get out and do a sobriety test. And I said, I was sleepy, but I said, I'll be more than glad to get out. And I did it. And she said, okay, 
She said, let me just follow you home because obviously I wasn't drunk in the, or right. any of that. But, um, you know, I said, I'm going to wait now because you scared me to death. <laughs> but uh, um, she did. She, she followed me home anyway. But um, they are out there to protect and right. I guess I think it's really an entrapment when they're so close. I really do agree with that. Now, come on. What do you think you're going to get? But if that small or as close as they are saves someone from being killed by a drunk driver, you know, I'm on the fence on, on, on where I am with that. Um, but those police officers are taught or given a limit of how close they can get. And after that, it's Katie barred the door. And that's exactly right. what they were doing. And I and, and, and I applaud you for noticing it. Um, I think that's a little bit close for sure. Um, but then on the other hand, I, I want drunk drivers not to, to, to kill innocent um, um, bystanders, too, or those that are driving. And it's so easy. Or, or, again. or, them, or themselves. Like, or themselves. Uh, or themselves. You're, you're correct. Um, and with everything that's going on now, you can Uber all the way home. Absolutely. Leave that, leave that car there. Mm-hmm. You know, talk, talk to your restaurant manager. Let them know. Let him her know what's going on. Leave the car there. And you let them know that they're not going to tow the car. So they they get yeah. it. They understand. Yeah. Matter of fact, exactly. back in the day, somebody would take your keys and call you a ride home. That's <laughs> well, you correct. On, you, you see it on TV. But they don't do that mm-hmm. in real life. Well, somebody would take my keys. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they got to be know, really close to you because you're right. Um, it, there's not a whole lot of people that's not close to you that's going to be able to take your keys and and you be okay with it. So, um, but um, in in today's time, Richard Thurman, Richard Sherman could have played that a different way and he didn't. And then you know I, I'm on the fence too about the police officers and some instances. Okay, but you know I mean I've actually written with. Um, a police officer on a detail at night where that's all they did is, you know, look for drunk drivers. And, um, you know, by by the time 3 or 4 a.m. came, okay, I was ready to abort all of that and just, you know, watching and everything. But it right. is it is a skill set to it, but the skill set starts with being in the area where there are bars and being there about 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. Because if you're leaving that bar at that time, um, there's a chance you're gonna you you're gonna get in trouble. Absolutely, a princess. We're right up on our hard break, and once again, you're listening to the Crossroads with Life and Sports Intersect. We never had it so good. Sports Talk Radio. We'll be right back. CampLyman.com is an opportunity for my big boys to come get some work. Let's put it all together. But we built from the ground up. You know, our cliche is it all starts up front. Once again, start stance, hand placement, hand separation get-offs, counter-moves, a little bit of everything. Polish up those skills before your middle school or high school season began. Just come work on your craft. Once again, CampLyman.com. Want to relax? Check out Chill Out Jazz on FBRN.us every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, 3 to 5 Central Time. It's Chill Out Jazz, the soulful mix of smooth jazz.
What's up, fam? I'm your host, Tim Garrison, and every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday, 3 to 5 Central Time, right here on FBRN, I've got the perfect mix to help you chill out jazz. It's the coolest two hours of your day. Jump in smoothly. and we're back. We're at the crossroads. It's cold out here. We're life and sports <laughs> intersect. You know, Princess, oh, man, I wish I could get Kay Walk and ask him his opinion about this next topic. Um, someone sharing the playbook. Um, Miko Hartman has been accused. and Miko Hartman hasn't come out yet to state, that, to state his innocence of um, sharing the playbook with the Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs when he was a New York Jet. I understand that things do not work out, but I think that's a thing of betrayal. To know what someone, you know, to share the playbook, and I've heard many opinions about this. Well, you can share the playbook, but you don't know when we're going to run. You don't know when we're going to run, what we're going to run. And and there's several variations of, of how to run the same how to run the same play. But the one thing that you can see is when they get into a formation to to have an idea. Of course, you got to stop it just because you know what they're going to run. You know, the '90s yeah. Cowboys, the '85 Bears, those offenses offenses were pretty simplistic. So you knew Walter Payton was coming, you knew Emmitt Smith was coming, you knew that it was going. Michael Irvin on, on a slant, so you just had to you just had to stop it. But still, the trust factor it, to me it's a it's a violation and, and a little vindictive. I mean, I've heard some things before, and I wonder how often this happens. Uh, but I think it's, it's a breakdown. I've heard um, guys talk about it. They on first take, um, uh, and they were saying that back in the day. Somebody would have would have got their ass kicked if that would have came out. <laughs> yeah, that it, it would it would have, it would have been it would have been handled. What are your thoughts on that on that type of violation? Yeah, you know, the first thing I thought is, wow, how how vindictive and dirty. And 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 I said to myself, you just never know people. But he admitted that he got he was checked out with the Jets, um, and that he wanted to. Um, be traded or wanted a different scenery or wanted out of that locker room. And, and they um, obliged him and um, sent him to Kansas City. But um, South Gardner, you know, um, um, you know, put it on social media. He since deleted it. Um, you know, but he said, we, and we know where the offensive um, leak came from. And, and I don't know if he named his name on, on social media. But you're correct. Um, Hardman hasn't come out and denied it or said that's a lie or anything. And at this point, it would be best if I was advising him to stay quiet, one way or the correct. other. Um, stay quiet and let it die down. It's usually a two-week cycle with a lot of this stuff, and they'll move on. Um, and then to catch the um, winning touchdown <laughs> in the Super Bowl, um, what an amazing turnaround because if you think of it, um, TJ, the Jets were high expectations, to say the least. 
And Aaron Rodgers was going to come in and save the moment, the year, their journey over the past 10, 15 years. He was going to rectify all of that, and they were Super Bowl bound. Um, And to have that play out like it did and then have the season to play out like it did um, was just murderous. But on top of that, you know, um, a young man that you all think you all kicked out of your ear your franchise, and then he goes to the Chiefs and wins the Super Bowl. That's got to be, you know, that got to burn some. But if, you, if I am Hardman and back. his family, oh, he wants to come back to the Jets? Yeah, like what, like what in the world? You can't make this stuff okay. up. Now, you, you know what? I'm done now. <laughs> I'm they done. You take over. Because he's on, a nut. On first take that he wants to come back. I'm like, well, what? Wait a minute, is this, is this Sauce Gardner putting this story out because he don't wasn't want him to come back? Because there's only Sauce Gardner that's, that, that was some um, saying yeah. that it was him. Unless there's more wow. than Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner is just leading the charge. That could that could be possible. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense at all. I, I think None. there's a, some personal beasts, you know, that are, that are there. But this could be the end of his career because the Chiefs are not going to trust him. And any Correct. other team is not going to. Will you get mad with us? Will you going to? What are you going to leak our signals to? And what if he yeah. got his hands on a quarterback's playbook? That's now that's a whole different. That's a whole another problem. Mhm. You, you know, know and there's lots of family within the NFL. You know, I in admittedly me watching Jason Kelsey. You know, where Kansas City Chiefs stuff, the entire Super Bowl run by his brother, Travis Kelsey, I was concerned about that considering he's acting like he's retired, but he hasn't officially done that and called a press conference. And the word is he's on the fence still about that. And I, I thought he was pretty much done. So when you have that type of familiarity, you, you give him a pass. You know what? And I, and I guess I would, too, because that's his brother. But. If you are an Eagles fan, and I've heard plenty of them started yelling, they don't like that, you know. Um, oh, they yell about anything. <laughs> they yell about anything. It's an Eagles fan. Come on now. We already know. They <laughs> threw snowballs at Santa. <laughs> you know what? That Come is Doug Riley's main thing is that <laughs> they threw snowballs at Santa. They wanted to hurt Santa. <laughs> you you got to love it. That's really <laughs> But yeah, go so, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so Eagles fans are going. They're going, they're going to talk. Um, that's what that's what they do. This is sports radio at this town. It, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. You know what goes on here. But um, you know, you're 100 percent right, Prince. I I didn't mean to step on you like that and, and cut you no, off. No, 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 no. Yeah. Um, yes, the story is still is still developing. It's just it's just a whole uh, bad look, especially. You know he's a young he's a young guy. That right there can really make it hard for you, you know, in the locker room. So he, I think he's going wherever he goes. He's going to have to go out of his way to say, hey, you could you could trust me. I'm I'm, yep. I'm one I'm, I'm one of the I'm one of the guys. I don't reveal secrets like that. That was a lie. You know when he gets into these locker rooms because someone's going to ask him about it. A coach's going to ask him. So we'll see. You know if he would tell the if he tells the truth. And if he did share it with the Chiefs, the Chiefs know, and the people on the Eagles, it'll be interesting to see what anyone on the Eagles come out and say and confirm it or deny mm-hmm. it. But if they, now you say something. 
Right. So if they ignore it, it was nothing. Because things always find find its way out. I'm always amazed at the anonymous sources that are in the NFL. Anonymous source said, "Well, what anonymous source? Who? <laughs> Put your name on it. Like, geez, stand on, stand ten toes down on what you're reporting. Whatever it is, if you're not, if you can't stand ten toes down, don't report it." Yep. Right, yep. godly. Once again, Princess, you can't make this stuff up, the things that go on uh, with life and sports, and that takes us right into Cam Newton and what he went through at a 707 camp tournament, invitation only, um, this past weekend in, in Atlanta. This is the second time where Cam has had a incident, the first time it was a kid um, – you know, trying to go at him at Myrtle Beach. And mm-hmm. I remember a time in human history where you have <laughs> a superstar and you have a kid that wants to get where the superstar is, that thinks he can mouth off to the superstar that's volunteering their time, and you're participating probably for free in his event. And then yeah. you have this this incident happen in in Atlanta with some former um they were I don't want to say teammates, but you might as well say teammates, they were partners of his that that broke away from Cam's organization to go up on their own and they were going up against Cam and they actually beat their um I believe it was the eighteen eight seventeen eighteen under group um that, that they defeated Cam at this tournament. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of times these people think that they're beating Cam on the field. They want their mm-hmm. um, they want their moments of, of fame. I beat Cam. No, you, no, you beat Cam's team. You, you, beat, the, you beat the Yankees, the kids. You're not, you're, mm-hmm. not beating, you're not beating or hurting Cam. But one thing I can, I can tell you, Cam ain't no punk. Cam had one in the headlock. He was pushing one away. He ducked the punch that was coming in. The, the restraint that Cam had, not for a punch himself, I felt that. I felt that amazing. Like yo, you know, because he knows he's on stage. Cam has a brand now, and Cam is not going to stop doing for kids. So I was glad to see that all Cam hasn't spoken, but I'm glad to see that the men came out with a sincere apology about, you know, the incident, the incident that happens. I don't know if you've ever been to a 7-on-7 tournament. There's a lot of trash talking. There's a lot of bravado. The parents are, mm-hmm. are going are going back and forth. The kids are going back and forth. You know, they say, well, that's the culture. Well, everyone doesn't, everyone doesn't internalize things the same way. Trash talk to one person is something serious another, you know. Yeah. So people, you know, you may be talking, it's all fun, but people are internalizing that like, yo, I'm going to get at you when I see you. And you're like, well, wait a minute, that's a joke. Not at my expense. That's the thing that people exactly. have to, re- you know, have to realize. You have to be careful. And it, it always is like that. You said people are hurt people say, well, people are so sensitive now. No, people were always like that. I can see it, you know, coming up as a young buck. You bet the basketball court and something will break out. Like, damn, how did that happen? But somebody was talking huh. trash. Yeah, a person did, you know, could, 
wasn't taking it on that particular day, and it was a fight. Same, mm-hmm. you know, same thing here. But but with Cam, it's going to make the news because he's a public figure. But at the same time, for the for those coaches, like yo, you're on stage. You got thousands of kids watching from the age of ten all the way up to eighteen. What type of an example? that are you showing for the people you say you care about the most, the kids. That's why you're there. Like, Correct. Once again, they don't care. It's all about ego. And that's, you know, that's, my, that's my take on it. And I could be wrong. I, you know, I think it's 50-50 you do care, but you know, sometimes emotions may get, the, may get the best of you. you like, get them kids right now. He, he just embarrassed me. I, I, can't let, I can't let that happen. What if they would have went to jail? Yeah. What if they would have got charged with assault? So Cam Newton should come turn around and charge them. Cam Newton was the one that they were trying to they were trying to jump up. Yep. I mean, it's, yep. It's just it's just a lot. So you know, I'm, and I'm in the youth tournament space. The amount of insurance that's going to have to be carried for an event. And security. So if you don't have the backing and the, and the sponsors, you're gonna it's gonna run people out of the business because things are gonna be so high. I, I and and I know for a fact, you know, we're doing the events, trying to get referees. The referee yep. prices are going up because of hey, my safety's in jeopardy. So. And I remember joking with someone saying, you're telling me an extra 20 bucks that secures your safety? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so we're fighting over 20 bucks, you know, a piece with rest, you know, but $20 makes you feel, makes you feel safe and secure. Okay, coach, you got it. <laughs> now, this had to always, I had to laugh at that, but, hey, I, I get it, you know. You know, the cost you know, of things. Um, because... I'm sorry to interrupt. Glenn Lippman was oh, talking okay. about this. This last week too, and in right. that you know, um, and and some of these referees, depending on where you are, are charging you know twenty, thirty thousand for an entire seven-on-seven seven tournament that may last two days. And I have been to these tournaments, tournaments, and the the, the culture is uh, nothing but trash talking. Maybe I'll just say that nothing but trash Correct. the entire time, from the coach down to the players to the parents. Um, and, and especially the dads, that's what they're doing. Um, and I don't know when they decided, when they decided that it was okay, hey, you know, we're just going to go ahead and put our hands on Cam Newton. Um, and Cam Newton is a big dude. I've stood next to him, you know, many times. He's 6'6". He's six, six. Um, yeah. And, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, nothing to be played with. And um, I, I, I think we – I don't know. Maybe they assumed he was soft, but Cam Newton is has always, I thought, been an, a, a serious athlete, and he's from Atlanta. It's not like he hasn't seen some of this before. Um, I, I'm glad that they apologized and that we moved on from this. But stop jumping, Cam Newton, and stop thinking <laughs> that it's okay, you know, to um, talk trash to some of these superstars that are probably there on their own dime, just trying to contribute to it and do better or, or you know, have, have um, if you can touch one kid with this, you know, um, and, and that's where I am. It, it's sad. 
and it didn't take long to get out though. It, yeah, it didn't take it, long to get hey, out. I I I got something for you. You're gonna crack up at this. Who hat stays on better, Cam Newton's or Neo's? <laughs> that, that hat did not move. Cam <laughs> would have someone in a headlock, holding someone back, ducking the punch, and that hat stayed on straight. Neo could be dancing across stage, and that hat <laughs> would be on the tilt. He could do a Here, full Michael Jackson spin, and the hat doesn't hmm. come off. So who has a tight tighter hat game? Cam Newton and Neo, who you got? <laughs> oh, I'm I'm saying Cam Newton because Cam Newton's been in, been sporting that brim for quite some time in so many different levels, and um, for for him to be in 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 that position and the hat stayed on, I'm going Cam Newton, not Neo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I, I I'm I'm with you. I was I was super impressed. The hat did not it stayed in place. The whole time, even duck a punch. So when you can duck a punch and your hat stays on straight, or your hat game is on, is on, is on tight. Even though you got to give the assist to the locks. I believe the locks <laughs> had a lot to do with keeping it in place. When Neo kind of has like a ball head going, so I don't know how his hat could be tilted to the side and spin and do all the stuff he does and it doesn't come off. So um, <laughs> anybody can provide some footage of. of you know, Neo hat coming off, so we can take a review to take a look at that, you know, so we can have our, our winner, Neo versus Cam. You know, I think we will appreciate that. <laughs> and and only on the crossroads who are we talking about in comparison of the hat, Neo versus Cam Newton. I'm going to have to pose that one on another show. You gave me some material. That's pretty good right there. Yeah. yeah. We, yo, we, we're going to have to have a versus battle on one of these days, I, you know, a while a while ago, I did a I did a show on the crossroads, you know, Michael Jackson versus Prince. So we're gonna have to do do some um, verses, you know, movies, music, whole nine yards. You know, it's culture, it's our culture. So it was having and, yeah. and make some fun of it, and you know, had the callers come, you know, call in, you know, and vote, you know, who's the best and who they like more. I I, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, with Princess, you know, it takes us into. You know, my guy, your guy, um, Eric Bien-Ami, Um, he was recently hired as the assistant head coach and offensive coordinator at, at UCLA. I think this is a great, a great move for recruiting with, um, UC, with UCLA, especially now. I think the Lincoln-Riley effect is kind of wearing thin at, um, at USC, and I think Bien-Ami and and Deshaun Foster will be able to go into some places that other coaches may be scared to go into themselves and keep and keep those athletes home and actually compete in the new um, in the new Big Ten. What are your thoughts on that? My my thoughts are when I first heard it is that um, here we are, um, and in three years. Um, He's gone, Eric Bieniemy has gone from being the offensive coordinator who just won the Super Bowl to the commanders because he'd interviewed and they said, hey, you need more coordinator experience while you're not up under the auspices of Andy Reid. So he does that. And um, he gets to the commanders and that does not work out because I, I thought for sure that um, that coaching staff was on his last leg if they didn't do better. And Ron right. Rivera and Jack Del Rio was not the answer. But they left um, Eric Bieniemy there to, to talk 
and discuss things with Dan Quinn. Now, Eric Vietnamese also said in the statement that make I want everybody to understand that I was not fired. I decided Absolutely. to move on. You know, um, and, and I'm glad that he cleared that cleared that up for me. But I'm disappointed that an NFL offensive coordinator on a Super Bowl team is now the offensive coordinator for a team that, okay, is in a Power 5 conference. But some of the others, like a, a, a Cliff Kingsbury, is the offensive coordinator at the Commanders and has won nothing, done nothing in my my view, and so many other coordinators. How did we get here? And, and, but, and Princess, let me just drop this nugget. He actually mm-hmm. took Caleb Williams backwards. If people want to know the difference yeah. in Kent and Caleb Williams' play from last year to the year before we won the Heisman, insert Cliff Kingsbury, and 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 there and there you go. But but that's a no, that's a whole other show. <laughs> that's yeah. a whole other show. But this guy so has overall, a job. One hundred percent right. Thomas, yeah. He has a job. I'm disappointed that that's what he had to do and that there weren't more more options for him um, in the NFL. I was hoping that Raheem Morris, you know, um, would call him up. But maybe, you know, that's not what he wanted. I was hoping that Antonio Pierce would, would solidify his staff or even a Gerard Mayo. But, or Pittsburgh or, Pitt, or uh, Mike Tomlin. Or Mike Tomlin. But I also understand moving up that corporate ladder. I've done it several times with Dillard's and with, with Tommy Hilfiger. Sometimes when you get in this position, the first thing you want to prove is that you don't have to just hire another black. You want, to, you want diversity. We are forced to prove that more right. often than not. Um, and I, I've seen that happen in my own career when I thought that's what I needed to do. And then finally I said, okay, I'm going to hire who's the best option for me, um, no matter what their skin color is. And, 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 but here we are, and I'm disappointed in the NFL that that's where we are with Eric Bieniemy. There wasn't a position um, on any staff of 32 teams. That's what I, I see out of all of this. Now, maybe it's a blessing in disguise and, you know, he can go and, and, and do something here. Um, and I know there's an African-American coach there, um, Deshaun Foster, if I'm not mistaken, is his right. name because um, um, the former coach went to um, Ohio State as offensive coordinator. Um, so let's see what happens. Either way, I still got my pom poms out, just cheering for Eric Bieniemy to find a head coaching position that he likes and that he wants to do. You know, Eric Bieniemy is now about 54, turning 55 years of age. I think Eric enemy's style may be more suited for the college game. I can really see Eric Bieniemy getting a Power Five job after after this and leading a mm-hmm. uh, institution and 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 raising up um, young men. So you never know what God has for you. I, I just think ultimately it's going to be a great a great position. And once um, UCLA gets their gets their quarterback and things in order, because Chip Kelly has kind of left the program in a mess. They had a, like a mass mm-hmm. exodus uh, right before Chip left because he kept him in a hollering about leaving. He heard rumors he was leaving, then he was staying, he was leaving. So a lot of players left 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 the building and went to Oregon or Washington and other destinations. So it's going to take to Sean, you know, a whole recruiting cycle to get the players that he needs in or 
when the transfer portal opens back up after after the um, the spring game in late April, mm-hmm. early May, going into June, you know, he can revamp. He has the opportunity to revamp the roster, just like Lincoln Riley did two years ago when he took the job and left Oklahoma in the middle of the night after he said he wasn't leaving and going to um, LSU. <laughs> He packed up the packed up the U-Haul and headed to Southern California. So there's still a chance that Deshaun and Eric Bieniemy can can improve that roster um, before the season starts. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, folks. We're about to head into a, our last break. Wow, I can't believe this hour is almost up, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Crossroads at Life and Sports Intersect. At Vintage Labs Collection, we are a multifaceted team of medical professionals dedicated to delivering the best quality products to patients. Our mission is to deliver the best supplement and patient outcomes in healthcare environments and consumer homes. Chat with our consulting pharmacists by visiting our website at www.vintagelabscollection.com. Supplements are not highly regulated, but Vintage Labs holds the standards higher than most. You're inside Never Had It So Good Sports Radio. Join us live weekdays at 7 p.m. and on-site at Hills Barbershop on Fridays at 5 p.m. We make it easy to talk sports. And we're back. You're listening to the Crossroads, your life and sports intersect. And we're going right into our last segment real quick. Princess, I heard the debate today that was started on first take. And the question was asked, if Lamar Jackson was a Kansas City Chief and he had you know, Matt Nagy, Eric Bieniemy, um, Steve Spagnuolo on defense, you know, the Hunt family behind him providing all the tools and everything, that a young quarterback needs to be successful, would he be a Super Bowl champion? And I, I and I thought about it. I was like, you know, the Ravens always seemed like they were missing something as as an as an organization, or Harbaugh was not putting um, the team in the, in the best positions on offense or defense. I think Lamar would have won one you know, with Andy Reid as as coach. Because he reminds me a lot of Donovan. And he's not Patrick. He's kinda of in the middle. What are your thoughts on that? So the question is, is would Lamar Jackson have won the Super Bowl if he had been with Andy Reid and Spagnola and that crew? Um right. I I don't that pause is long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think so. I I think that Patrick Mahomes is a special talent, and um, somehow he has a winning formula. And when I say that, even when there was time left and the Ravens got down there and and you know and they they fumble away one, they throw an interception, um, they're still you know, it was just not enough. Um, and but you believed in Patrick Mahomes, or I did more than I so did the how, Baltimore well, Ravens. How, how about what he did with Donovan? I think that Lamar is 
has something extra than Donovan. Remember, he took Donovan to five straight NFC champions, championships and one Super Bowl. It just couldn't get it, – it could go to hump. So if he could be like with Donovan, I believe he has the formula to do it with um, Lamar. I think that's why the comparison was, was made. Well, okay. I, I see see where you're going. Um I, I know it's hard. No, it really isn't. It's it's really hard for me to continue to go against um, um, uh, Lamar Jackson because he looks like me and I'm cheering for him. But I really have never been on his bandwagon. Um, they were the number one seed once before, and Tennessee Titans came in and manhandled him um, like no no tomorrow. And I thought, okay, this is his opportunity here. Um, right. Even though it's Patrick Mahomes, they're the number one seed. They got a chance to rest everybody and, and have a bye week, and they came in, and they had the number one defense and the number one running game. And they still, um, as, as far as I'm concerned, they choked. And I thought the Kansas City Chiefs had the worst performance of any Super Bowl um, um, winner since the, the New York Giants when they won at 9-7. and seven. The Kansas City Chiefs didn't look good all year. And when they no, were, seemed like they were on, on, on a run, their wide receivers looked like hot garbage. They, they all year, <laughs> and they made mistakes yes. and helped them to lose games. They didn't help them to win anything. So, you know, I, I'm just not on the bandwagon. I don't know what Lamar Jackson has to do because it used to be the complaint that they didn't give him weapons. Well, they did. And you can't tell me that that whole the franchise doesn't believe in Mark, Lamar Jackson and they're behind him. And Harbaugh, that's his guy, Lamar Jackson. So, um, and it's not all on him, but they had everything in front of them, and they were at home. Yeah, and they let the Chiefs, the, the the inept Chiefs, come in there and take that, and the Chiefs go on a Super Bowl run. But I don't know what it takes. But I've just never, I've always been on the fence with Lamar and said, okay. I'm rooting for you, but I don't know. Right. And Ravens fans get up excited every time. And I hate that I have this, this commentary. But this is the commentary. This is the journey, you know. It's and true. you can only keep the core together for so long. And if you get keep the core together, then the, then the coordinators start leaving. You know, yeah. um, so it, it, I don't know what it's going to take. But, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I, I think either way that they were going to choke this year. You know, I remember it always kind of puts things into context. I remember the talk that centered around um, Peyton Manning. I remember the talk of, you know, more enough to remember John Elway and these guys that couldn't win in the in the post in the postseason and get it done. And like you said, there it is a journey. I do think Lamar is going to make it over the hump. Over the hump, it mm-hmm. probably will be a year in where we don't expect the Ravens to do it. But I think because it's Lamar, anytime he gets into the situation, you know, they're they're always going to be favored going in. I I just wish that I don't know. It looked like Kansas City and and the Ravens switched places because can't I mean the Ravens did not run the ball at all. I don't know why sometimes. The quarterbacks that look like us that have melanin think they have to hmm. prove themselves as a passer, and that's not what yeah. got you here. It was the ability to run and pass to be a weapon. 
That's what got you here. Who are you trying to who are you trying to prove the doubters wrong? The doubters will always be the doubters, no matter what you do. They're always going to take away, oh, yeah, you know, he was good, but it was really that defense that, that, that brought it home for him. It's always going to be something. So why try to please him and try to do something that's not it is, okay, you are you can pass. Everyone in the NFL can pass. But if they're just focusing on the pass, it's easy to stop. I say it with Dak all the time. You were at your best when you were doing RPOs the first two years. Stop you. And you weren't making mistakes. They caught, And then you let them sucker you. They will call him dink and dunk Dak. He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't go long. He just dinks it and dunks. But he was successful. Why is he trying to prove some, something that he's, that he's really not and making mistakes? Same thing with Lamar Jackson. You know, they, they get suckered into trying to be a Tom Brady type when that's not their skill set. Well, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. Um, Lamar Jackson impressed me the entire year. And I thought the way they manhandled San Francisco, um, and I think they did that to the Eagles too, if I'm not mistaken, um, I thought that the, the Ravens looked like they were the clear favorite to win the Super Bowl. And then right. it played out where they, they they were the number one seed and um, throughout the playoffs. And it just didn't happen. And I just don't understand why, um, you know. I also thought that this young cast of characters for the Ravens were emotionally drunk because there were some, some plays that you just mm. don't do, you know, um, and some personal files that you files that you have to leave at home. Now, okay, everybody says that the one, I think it was Zay Flowers that stood over the guy and, you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah that was, that was ticky tack. But let's take that one away. I thought they, they were not on their best behavior that day. And there were some things that just didn't go right and some personal thoughts that got them in trouble in a, on a day where they were not ready, they they were not on their game. And they had everybody there. Again, you saw Ray Lewis come out with his dance, and, and I mean, everybody that was a Raven before, that whole defense, they were all there. They were yeah. all there. And this was the opportunity, and they missed it. And this is not their first time. So now Lamar has to come back again. And he'll be just as good. But until he at least, to me, gets to the AFC championship game, I'm skeptical of what he can do. Um, and he yeah. obviously has the talent. But um, And I'm going to ride with him just like everybody else who never had it so good. There are some out there, especially Kevin. I know uh, Lamar's middle name because of Kevin, Kevin Walker. Right. But – um, and I liked him coming out of high school and being recruited, um, gosh, by, gosh, I can't remember the coach name, and that Charlie Strong, and then, you know, headed to Louisville and winning the Heisman. Um, right. And then coming in, everybody wanted him to be a running back. So I've been cheering and rooting for him for quite some time. Um, and they asked him in, in some of those interviews about his mom and, you know, what she did and what she that. They really tried to get under his skin in some of those interviews. And he stayed the course, and he's not just a running quarterback. He is a quarterback of yes. the highest level in the NFL. Um, but here we are. Yeah. I, hey, um, 
if the Ravens want to do a deal, you know, get, call Jerry up. Hmm. You know, let's, let's call, call <laughs> Jerry up. Now you're talking. Up. I, I, hey, I'll pa- help pack Dak's house up and getting right to Baltimore. <laughs> getting right to Baltimore. Hey, hey, before we go, Princess, can can you imagine if the Detroit Lions and the Baltimore Ravens would have made it to the Super Bowl, the amount of black folks that would have been in Vegas? It would have been a party. <laughs> the NFL didn't yeah. win. Yeah. It would have been yeah. a party. <laughs> now you said the whole, something. <laughs> the whole Mid-Atlantic was ready. Philadelphia, Baltimore, D.C., parts of Virginia, New York, New Jersey. Oh, man. Cleveland, Detroit, <laughs> Buffalo. Pats would have been ready. It, you know, Indianapolis, Gary, Chicago. They would be there. The players would have been there. It, it, would, it would have been something. Well, maybe next year, please. And, and listeners, um, during our our practice episodes, and I've made a lot of them live, he said, predicted there was going to be an all-animal Super Bowl. I, and... I stand by it. I, I was wrong. <laughs> hey, when I'm, when I'm wrong, I'm wrong. It, it, looked, it looked good. My heart got into it. Sometimes your heart wants what it wants. And I yeah. wanted to see Baltimore. I wanted to see Detroit. I thought it would have been a great story. But it's even a greater story to see a dynasty, you know, in the making with Kansas, with Kansas City. We don't see that a lot. You know, we saw it with the Patriots, and it's like we're just moving to another era, you know, with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, with that also, they, hey, they, they were ranked number 31 out of 32 teams with their facilities. Hey, y'all, Kansas City, hey, you owe them, you owe them players more. Don't have those players yeah. out there working their hardest. They got the, they got facilities worse than Allen High School. <laughs> and God, wow. I can't make this up. <laughs> so, wow. Princess, we're going to get out of here. Once again, you know, this hour goes by so fast. We'll call this the power hour. It, you know, as soon as we start, it seems like we're at the end. So um, <laughs> it's great being in community with you, having these nuanced conversations. And, folks, once again, you're listening to The Crossroads with Life and Sports Intersect, and we'll see you back Next week on Never Had It So Good, Sports Talk Radio, and we're out. Be blessed. Peace. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.